Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cantina MX Football Podcast. We're back. Episode 309. We finally have 12 finalists for Liguilla, or should I say Repechaje. We also have an upcoming battle between USA and Mexico for the World Cup qualifiers. And we have a lot of player rumors, coaches, changes, a lot of things going on behind the scenes. Let's waste no time. But before I go any further, let's welcome Joel to the show. Joel, how we doing? Too early, Jaime. I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good, and I'm I'm excited for this, for what I call the Tata's Revenge. I think he... You think third time's the charm? One. Third time should be the charm for him. Although I, I do have to... We do have to note, he hasn't lost technically on... on uh, Tempo reglamentario. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, we <laughs> USA have managed to uh, keep us uh, a sort of at bay until we get into stoppage time or overtime, and then that's where they they finally find a way to win it, beat us. I uh, I almost forgot about this match, but apparently the fans have not. Uh, tickets are going for at least $500 for this World Cup qualifying match in Cincinnati. And, you know, I just realized that this is going to be the last World Cup qualifying match between Mexico and USA for a very long time uh, because they're already qualified for the 2026 World Cup. So they're not going to have qualifiers after this. So I guess nope. maybe there's some sort of sentiment not to that. Mexico. Yeah, not Mexico, Canada... Or, or the U.S. and uh, but but Concacaf will still hold qualifiers, and I believe three tickets will still be on the line. Yeah, three additional three tickets, tickets, right? So on that note, really briefly, I do think a Mexican can make history. What do you mean? Even though. Uh, Guatemala hired a Mexican coach. <laughs> That's right. They got the coach that led Mexico to a gold medal, Fernando Tena. Yes. And that's important, uh, you know, because he knows how to work. Josie knows how to work with youth. And if I feel if they are serious about this, because, you know, it's, it's, I think this if the Central American teams – very similar to Max, man. If they always have a problem, was like lack of consistency, you know, just getting rid of the coach and whatnot. Although we gotta say, for Max, they've they've been they've they've uh, shown to respect cycles now. <laughs> but but if Wate, you know, if, if Wate takes it serious, if Wate gives confidence to Tena, they put him in charge of the youth. He'll have that opportunity, you know. He'll have that opportunity to to build a team and and take take him to the to the World Cup, which will be their first time ever. And it it, should, it will be the first time ever a Mexican coach uh, coaching at the World Cup, a team that is not Mexico. Really? So there's never like who? There's never been. There's never been a. Oh, you know I, what I, I mean? Know about it. 
Yeah, it's, it's very few Mexican. And, you know, like, he, not even, Mex, not even all the time has a Mex coach. So, <laughs> so, I mean, those, to me, that's why, you know, and, and I said it before when I was seeing all these Colombianos taking Panama and, and Costa Rica and whatnot. I'm like, those, those could be Mexican coaches, you know, but fans and whatnot, they tend to, you know, menospreciamos la, la región. But, I mean, it, it offers these type of opportunities. Why wouldn't you want to coach a World Cup? Why wouldn't you want to coach an Olympics? You know, there's only, what, like, couple selecciones juveniles and for how many coaches to see if you do get a chance. So, I mean, if, if opportunity opens up somewhere else, I, I go for it, you know. I say go for it, and, and we've been talking about how little opportunities there are already uh, in Liga MX. There's only, what, three three coaches? Yeah. Anyway, out of, what, like 18 teams? So, I mean, it's it's uh, that's that's very poor. Uh, so, yeah, not surprised. He... he he took the job, but I hope I hope they keep him, and I hope he could he could qualify them. You know, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how long this process is, and you know if they'll give him the the time. Yeah, and you got to see the like fans with you know it's it, they could be skeptical because there's there's always been this rivalry with Mexico and sort of this love hate relationship, and so yeah maybe mistrust you know and and very much like mexico fans i'm sure they would prefer in argentine (laughs) (laughs) never mind the guy that knows the region and you know has shown he could get things done no let's bring someone from a south american accent yeah i mean you know we 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 talked about last episode how it was a shame that Nacho Ambriz's uh, project was, you know, sort of kind of dead on arrival and they didn't give him the proper time for him to, to actually make a stink out there. But uh, we definitely want to encourage uh, as many coaches from Echo to, to go abroad and, and expand their influence, you know, and, and kind of just put Mexico, uh Mexico's name out there. Yeah, there's very few. Gonzo, I would say, is with him. Um, where is he? Is he in Philadelphia? Where'd he go? Uh, I forgot already. Atlanta. He's doing good. Oh, yeah. Atlanta, man. Tata's former team. How can I forget that? <laughs> they were doing really good. I mean, when last I checked, I haven't kept up. Mm-hmm. But they had, like, a couple wins in a row. Because, you know, like... um. This is kind of the irony, and I know a lot of Mexi fans are probably pointing and laughing, but MLS, they bet high on these two Mexican players, Chicha and Vela, and, and they're both not going to be in the playoffs. That's right. Both of them have shot the bed, and they are, if I'm not mistaken, number one and two most paid in the league. So uh, <laughs> they're absent from the big show, man. They're not even in uh, the playoffs, and they didn't even play in the uh, All Star game. <laughs> That's man, you know, <laughs> it's, not a, 
that's gotta hurt. I know that's gotta pump them out. Isn't that crazy? Um, man. It is, man. And I think you had asked me, Jaime, how many goals did I think Chicha would score? Uh-huh. I said 20. He got 17. He got close? Yeah, he missed a bunch of games, though. I don't know. He did he better was. than his uh, rookie season. <laughs> oh, Wait, were we talking about did you ask me about him or was it someone else? Who? When you am I confusing the players? No, it will be him. There hasn't been any other player mm. that went. Well yeah, um while we're on the topic of Vela, Chicharro, and let's throw in Pizarro. Uh Carlos Vela, really no idea, nothing really uh, indicates that he's going to stay at Los Angeles. His expired, uh, his contract expires in December of this year. So, you know, we don't know. Wait, is in is in his team top of the La Liga or, or they were? Who? His former La Liga team? Real? Yeah, I think they were topping the table. Real Sociedad are in first place as of right now. They have there you go. 28 points. They've only lost once. They're above so, Real Madrid. <laughs> so summer, winter window's How about crazy. to open soon. How crazy would that be if he returned? But, yeah, well, think about it, dude. If you're Real Sociedad, you got this dude, Bombardero Vela, dude, and, and he's he's free. I don't even know if he would start you right know, now. They have squad. Tico bro. is nuts. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Wouldn't you still want that guy? Yeah, I don't know, man. They have Alexander Isak, and he's a very, very good player. He's not. He's uh, yeah. But what if he gets injured or he misses games? I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm that, sure it that's won't. You, I'm those sure are the teams that win because they yeah. have they're stacked. You know, they're stacked, and and. I'm not saying Bella will come in and become the starter, but yeah. I do think he's a player that can easily contribute. He's got the talent. He's got the quality. Uh, he was doing it when they weren't stacked. Now that they're stacked, who knows what, what he could do, you know? Like, if he's surrounded by these it's like you still got dudes. your You still got your European passport. You wouldn't be costing them any money as far as the transfer fees, so... Nope. Yeah, nope. I mean... They could afford to play him a good... Go to La Liga, man. Maybe yeah, it's come crazy. back with a. Because I I expected them to, or I expected Vela to recruit uh, Griezmann to L.A. But they talk about it. It seems like that's not going to happen. So, uh, you know, who knows what? Well, Vela, who knows yet? Who, who, knows? who knows yet? Jaime, yeah, who because, knows? Uh, we're just speculating. We're all here, just speculating you know? here on Cantina Max, but we're calling it out. You know. We're the first ones to report this rumor. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we might we might put it into existence. You know, you know, uh, he might he might end up going back to Sociedad. I know his wife's from there, so you know. Why and, not? and even more, you know, even more recent. Yeah, the wife. Yeah, the wife is Spanish. <clears throat> I will you know? say, and I mean, it it could be it could be a short contract, Jaime, because LAFC would welcome him back in a heartbeat. So he could be like, all right. I'm going to go try to get this Espina because he's never won anything. 
his club career, unfortunately, <laughs> I guess they were able to, his, his trophy case. It's is true. 17. He's never won anything. The only thing he's won was the under seventeen World Cup, man. That's about it. Okay, so it's not completely empty. There's some dusty cups <laughs> down there with a mess. <laughs> and I think some players shield in the last, but that's sort of like a it's almost like a participation trophy. <laughs> <laughs> Is that tenth place medal? Uh, but I mean, like as an actual club, you know. Yeah. I, I should say at the club. I should say at the club, not selection at the club uh, level. He yeah. hasn't. His his club trophy case is empty. But yeah, he could he could you know make history with that team, and I know the fans like him, so I do think he's in that good position of I'm a. And he could, you know, because he's free, he could just have that one, uh, a short contract, you know, just to the end of the season or whatnot. Yeah, it's not like, you know, the MLS season's pretty much over. He could return when it restarts in, you know, March or whatever. What I will say is, like, we can probably, we can we can basically put him anywhere, but we can uh, immediately rule out Mexico because he's not going to go to Liga Mekis. He's not going to go to Chivas. I don't know why people keep, like, hoping that might happen, but... This guy will go anywhere but Mexico, I think. Yeah, I don't know, man. My uh, Chiwa bros, I don't know why. They dream. They dream too much. I never quite understood it. There's too much dreaming there, Chiwa brothers. There is uh, a one player that is picking up steam, and that is Rodolfo Pizarro. His contract is also expiring this season, and Inter are not planning on keeping him, so they are going to offload him, and uh, I could see him returning to Chivas. Yeah, uh, someone someone tagged him on a tweet. They did. They said, they said, well, they say, like, hey, like, like this if if you want to return, right? Or something like that. Yeah, and he did. And he did, yeah. He did, he did retweet it. And I mean, I don't know, I don't know how Chivas is with funds. I don't know what they have, but I think that's something that it's worth if they could like, you know, go to Banamex or whatever, take out a loan. <laughs> refinance the stadium whatever they have to do <laughs> refinance they, the stadium <laughs> they, they don't have a, you know they don't they're lacking like star players and they kind of kind of have a, what's his face Alexis but he's still not there yet you know and then JJ Mack might return and he's another one that even though he's good, they're not there yet. And Pizarro, he's, he, he's you know, he already, he's one with the team, Doblete and whatnot. I, I think he could be like that, that spark to, to reignite Chivas, mm. especially in the attack. I mean, if you get those three players, and they could click. Mm-hmm. That would be uh, a thing of beauty, you know. Quite yes, yes, sir. And and you know who else could be coming back? Uh, you, you just mentioned them earlier. Oh, I mean, you can't be forgetting. Nope, nope. 
trophies. Oh, I think his time at GOS is done. I mean, I don't know. I think I don't know. It's a it was a eighteen month loan uh, to San Jose, so he's still technically. Uh, oh, with... he's still. They can't bring him back. I mean, I guess they could, but I mean, if they sign him, you know, they could bring him back. Yeah. If they were to to get those players, they would still be at the team. Yeah, I, I mean... would. I would hope. <laughs> Uh, San Jose, unfortunately, will be missing out on the playoffs as well. So, yeah. Wait, they didn't make it? No. They were like, seemed to be like. Nah, they were. Like, they hit like a spell pretty bad. So. Again. Yeah, they are yeah, not. Yeah, that's, that's. Yeah. They, uh, Mati is, is going to be watching it from the sidelines. Yep. From his home. Oh, and but just really quick because um, there's a new management group. So the guy that brought Matias Almeida got sacked like a month ago. The general manager, you know, and and so he's gone, and and San Jose hired some like an agency to consult him on building the team and whatnot. The same agency that had helped LAFC, or I don't know if they're still helping them, mm-hmm. and so. That's probably going to be a big thing where they're going to have to renegotiate Almeida's contract because he's one of the best paid coaches. And if you have uh, limited funds, then you got to be like, okay, what do I want to spend my money on? On the coach or on players? Mm-hmm. So I do think there's strong possibility that they don't extend his contract. So I'm not too sure if it runs out in December. Yeah. Which we... if you're a key hermano, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> the annual was confirmed to remain. So, so yeah, he won't be coming to Chivas not next season. Unless he hasn't found a job, you know, and, and Leano's stinking it up. But I, I, but we could see him back in 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 Liga MX. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, really quickly to recap the San Jose situation, they yeah, so they didn't qualify Matias's contract. I think, I think he has a little bit left on it, but you know they're they're deciding whether you're going to keep her or not keep him. And then their all-time goal scorer Chris Wanolowski announces retirement after the last game of the season, and then uh, like. Yesterday or today, they just announced that he's going to be like still in the front office as an assistant to the general manager. So he's kind of, kind of, he's yeah. going to, he's going to try and be like the the bridge between like the front office and the players. Um, yeah, that's a good, that's a good. I think that's a good move for them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, uh, I think everybody. Yeah, all the fans are really disappointed that we're going to keep on Michel Leano because, you know, he hasn't really had that many good results and also the way the team's playing. But they did qualify for Repechaje. Um, and that will allow them the opportunity uh, to play Puebla. Puebla ended in seventh position. Chivas are in 10th. 
And uh, it was kind of titillating between Puebla and Cruz Azul. It, it sounded like it was going to be Cruz Azul. But uh, <laughs> Cruz Azul, oh boy, they shot the bed against Pumas. They were up 3-1 thanks to a hat-trick by Piojo Alvarado. And uh, Pumas came back, man. They came back to win the game. And because of that result, not only did they knock Cruz Azul down to the eighth spot, but they themselves have gotten themselves into Repechaje as the 11th seed. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yes, and it's interesting because they kept Liliani. And it was, you know, the thing about Cruz Azul where they took apart his team when he took him to a final. They took apart that good team he had. And then Cruz Azul was just, I mean, Pumas was just, you know, they just stunk. And they held on to him, and and he's gotten them back to the, you know, you, you can't expect much more than that from, you know, from a team like that. That's not really. Yeah, for real. Doesn't really invest much. <clears throat> yeah, some people say it was the most entertaining match of the season. Um, I wasn't able to witness it, so I can't really speak to that. But I, I did not expect that to happen. Another team that unexpectedly has made repechaje is Atletico San Luis. Uh, they tied 0-0 with Santos, uh, and they qualified as the 12th and final seed with 20 points. And uh, they will have the opportunity to play against Santos again in a one-game elimin- <laughs> elimination match. All these will take place on the 20th of November, we don't have times yet, but we do know that all four matches will take place on Saturday. And again, it's a one-game elimination match, so it's going to be uh, pretty entertaining stuff. Yeah, it should. It should. Um, so can you recap the repechaje teams? Yeah, starting from the top uh, of the table, America ended up in first place. No, with... no, no. The repechaje, just the teams oh, that just that repechaje. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fifth place Santos will play against twelfth place San Luis. You have sixth place Toluca versus Pumas. Uh, you have Puebla versus Chivas, and uh, Cruz Azul is gonna play Monterrey. Damn. <laughs> That's a, oh boy. That would have been like a semifinals game. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, you know, you're the current champions and, you know, you kind of had like a slow start to the season. And uh, and now you're going to play against Monterrey. So not ideal. Not ideal. No, and, and Monterrey had, they had hit a slump. People were questioning Javier Aguirre, you know, already turning against them, overpaid, overhyped. Uh, and then he, he goes and he wins. He beats, you know, everyone's favorite. The team everyone likes to hate. They beat America in the final. That's right. So he already got a cup. <laughs> so he already. But I mean, Monterrey doesn't want those type of cups, you know. They want they want Ligas, man. They want Ligas. They want to, they want to have more than Tigres. They want to be up there. You know, they want to, they want to be the, one of the grandes because They've been sort of like at that at the cusp, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. They still, get this, they still get this respect, but I mean, and I know it's like a joke or a meme, but to me, I mean, maybe if, if I'm not arguing that you shouldn't, you know, like that that they should be considered a grande, uh-huh. but they are they are making a powerful case to become one, to become one, regardless of what people think. Just the amount of finals they're playing yeah. between Liga and all the various cups. Uh, it's a lot. In the yep. like in, in the past ten years, it's a lot that they have. And seeing who they're tied to, like like financially and all that. If they maintain that road, they eventually will be one of the most winning teams. You know, it's it's I could I could see Tigres Monterrey becoming the most winning teams. I'm not saying they would displace Chivas America, but I, as as the like Clásico Nacional, but who knows? Even even you know, even that could be possible in in a you know like years from now. Yeah, and for definitely. some people, it might for some people it might be inconceivable. But let's keep in mind when Liga MX started, the rivalries were it was other teams like Marte, Asturias, and whatnot. You know, some of the some of the rivalries uh, that are now, they weren't there before. Some of them aren't even that, some that these, old. Some of these teams don't even exist anymore. Yeah, and they were rivalries long before. You know, when, you, when we see some of these teams that are now considered grandes, they didn't come in until like the 70s. Um, you know, Pumas, Cruz Azul. Soon, maybe sixties, but I mean, when they when they became like big between seventies, eighties, so that's not that long ago, and so it shouldn't be far fetched to think Monterrey Tigres are going to be the next two, you know, the next grandes or the or even the the main the big main teams. Although although I think America more so than Chivas, they, I, I think they'll stay on the fight. Of, of still holding on to campeonatos, you know, because Chivas won every ten years. That's not gonna cut it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty soon, it's it's you know it's it's it should be half of that. So I think Santos every three or four years they're fighting for a campeonato. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, times are changing. Money moves everything, and uh, right now. Tigres and Rayados both have a lot of financial backing and we're starting to see that because uh, they weren't necessarily considered big clubs and they're kind of squeezing their way in very similar I think to like Tottenham you know they're kind of they kind of bought their way into the big six but Spurs were not considered like a big club neither was Man City but you know they're they're, 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 they're becoming them um, well Chelsea too Chelsea as well, yeah, that's right. Who knew that having millions and millions of dollars is all you needed? <laughs> yeah, because because I mean, Tigres they could keep having players of Jignac, you know, caliber. They could keep bringing in players like that, <coughs> luring in players like him. Um, and I think he's gonna retire to the team similar to Wondolowski, where he's gonna he's gonna have some function with the club. Yeah. And 
he might be able to recruit, you know? Well, he brought in Florán Tauvin, you know, World Cup yeah, winner. Who, World Cup winner, you know, so. Yeah. Um, there was one thing I, I wanted to mention uh, while we were kind of still talking about Chivas really quickly. Uh, it sounds like Gerardo Arteaga, uh, his, his, he might be coming back to Mexico uh, to Chivas. Because he's upset about not being uh, not being considered for the national team, and he's out there in uh, in Belgium, and he's doing a great job. But uh, I don't know. He fell out of favor with Tata, and he uh, he thinks that moving to Chivas might no, help. Him. I don't. I don't buy that. I don't buy that. Jaime, he's a coach. You know. If the coach don't like you, no matter where you play, he's not going to call you. Um, so I don't think it's because he's in Belgium. Hmm. Well, all I know is uh, he's a great player that should be playing for the national team. He did this summer in the Nations League. And I think that, uh, yeah, we got to, I mean, if Chivas are, are offering a contract, why not do it? Yeah, I mean, if he wants to come back, but that shouldn't be his his motivation, you know. I, I don't think if he's if he could have a good career in Europe, I don't think he should sacrifice it for possibility that Tata might call him in. Mm. Um, you know, because then it's gonna be hard for him to return. Uh, I think he should just stay over there and and continue, you know, doing what he's doing. They will have to call him up eventually. We've talked about how many Mex players get called in in the World Cup cycle. Uh-huh. It's about it's about 80. 80 in a four-year cycle. That's almost everyone. If we look at how many Mexican players are in Liga MX, it's only like 120. You basically have to play like three games. <laughs> you eventually get called. Um, you see all the moleros and, and all the... Everyone, pretty much everyone's going to get a turn, you know? Selección is like village bicycle at this point everyone gets to ride it um, <sighs> yeah so, i mean i'm looking at this so list i'm looking at this list that, that that's going to go to cincinnati or is already there uh you know they don't have macias on that list it's raul jimenez chucky lozano Henry martin which i don't agree with i don't think Henry martin is you know i don't know i get it we don't have that much selection to choose from um Cesar Montes, uh, I believe, got injured, so Tiba Sepulveda will be taking his place, and uh, that's good for Chivas because they didn't really, yeah, see, you know, they didn't they didn't call up Alexis Vega, so I'm really disappointed about that. And well, he's did he have a drop in form? Because well, he he got he, came, he, he got injured injured but, right from yeah. the Olympics, and then that's it. Like I didn't hear much from him. So it is what it is, Jaime. Yeah. Uh, also, Lajud, the goalkeeper, is switching countries. He's going to be representing Lebanon. What's up with mm. that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, possibility to play a World Cup. They handed him a Lebanese passport. 
And despite having played friendlies, he hasn't really played uh, in an official match. So that will allow him a one-time switch. And see, just goes to what I told you about. Pretty much every Max player is going to eventually get a turn. <laughs> Uh, and I think Santos Pali could have pushed pushed it just to have seleccionados in the team. Uh, there, there seems to be quite a few Lebanese uh, community or in the Kinmex. I think Sava was remember Sava from Chivas, the striker. Uh huh. Tengo miedo. I think he was he was uh, also of Lebanese. Interesting. Uh, Salma Hayek too. Oh, he uh, is. Like, oh, I just Googled it. Yeah, I can oh. kind of see that. <laughs> yeah, it's just going up on my head. But I'm glad you Googled it. My, Miguel Saba is of Lebanese descent from his father's oh, side. Go. Yeah, see, my, my brain sometimes rewrites stuff. <laughs> I remember things one way, but it's like my, so we had my La- head kind of... <laughs> we have Lajud, we have Layun, we have Miguel Saba. Huh. All right. Yeah, and uh, Selma Hayek. I'm pretty sure Selma Hayek heard that too. And I think Slim. Carlos, Carlos Slim. Slim. Oh, I think I knew about that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so there's there's quite a few there. Uh, also, uh, his fa- her father. So Lebanese dads, man. They're over here in Mexico just pumping and dumping. We need to get some nah. Brazilians up in here. We need to get some, you know, some Mexican uh, Brazilians, there bro. There, there was Gio, you know, product of uh, product of Carlos Carlos Santos. I forgot the Santos or whatever is that. Yeah, is that state and he had kids. There's a few Africans. Well, Malek, the guy that crashed. That's right. Uh, his dad was like from. Ghana or somewhere, somewhere over there. Um, yeah, there's that guy and uh, Zizinho. Oh yeah, Zizinho. I forget. I keep saying Carlos. I, I think I'm confusing him with Negro Santos from uh, America. Oh. Because I think Zizinho also played, for it. but the Santos is what throws me off. Mm. Yeah, Geraldo. Francisco dos Santos Zizinho passed away recently. Yeah, there was a few we kind of haven't seen in a long time, but there was a few. Obviously, Saguinho was one of the ones where mm-hmm. his, you know, his dad had played, and and then Sage chose chose Max, and um, oh, dude, what's this guy's name? Um, he was a defender. He played for America for a lot of years. Uh, and he's what Mexican? I think he was at Tecos. He was Argentine. He was like his dad was from Argentina, and I think he, him and his brother were born in Mex. Mm. I can't remember this dude, man. He looked mm. fruity. What was his name? It'll come to me, man. Yeah, it'll, it'll come, come to me. But uh. We have all these goalkeepers, and uh, we continue to call up on the old folks. Like, we're calling up Cota, Ochoa, and Talavera. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think Acevedo should get a shot. I think 
There's younger goalkeepers. I think Gudinho's had a great season, and I think he deserves a call-up. Maybe not to the World Cup qualifying match because, you know, you want experience in that position. I understand that. But, you know, it's time it's time to stir the pot a little bit. Talavera, I don't, I, I don't agree with Talavera. Well, I mean, he's, he's got experience, you know. He's been around. He's like, I, he's older than Ochoa, I think. I, I was saying they're about the same age, but you think he's older? I'm looking it up right now. Because he's at Pumas now. He's 39. Oh. Yeah, Ochoa's only 36. <clears throat> and we still have, like, Jesus Corona playing. So, I mean, <laughs> we got a lot of old old goalies, man. <laughs> There was also uh, an incident, uh, Tuca Ferretti returning to uh, Monterrey with uh, Juarez. They they finished their last game uh, playing against Tigres. And uh, he said something uh, at the press conference. He called everybody maricón. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, everybody... Everybody went outraged, and uh, do you, you know he's an old guy, man? Like you can't teach an old dog new tricks. But he had made those jokes before, though. You know, I guess I don't know. Not saying that justifies or whatever, but yeah, like you said, this that's how he's always been. I'm sure he just felt yeah. felt comfortable, you know, being back in in Monterrey. At his at his old uh, you know club and probably recognizing it's Tulio Davino, huh? Tulio Davino. Oh, I was thinking of Tulio Davino. He plays for Tecos. So I thought he played for. Uh... No, no, his brother Flavio. That's why I was getting confused. Oh. Flavio Davino played at Tecos. Tulio Davino played at America. Oh, he did play for. Uh... Dad. Did he also play for? He played for Tecos and then America. Yeah. Yeah, but most of his career was wasn't it at America. Yeah, yeah, he played like ten years. Um yeah, Julio Davino, that's that's some another guy. Cause we might we haven't really seen maybe Gio kind of and his brother, but we haven't seen that many. Um Oh he's Italian. But we might soon. Who? Uh Davino is of Italian descent and Argentine. Oh, but I I think his dad was born in Argentina, no? And that's yeah. his mom. Yeah, his dad. But you know how you know how Italians fled to Argentina after the World War, so there's that. Somewhere in Mexico, so you had Borghetti. So that's why he had Italian passport. And Borghetti and the, the Nigris, uh all of the Nigris. How ironic that Borghetti's, in my opinion, best goal ever was against Italy. It was too. Sweet, sweet goal. He man, made. With his, he made. With his, Buffon look like a Buffon. Oh, but then you know who was marking him? Was it Nesta Maldini? Capitano, man, it was Maldini, man. Damn. 
he should have stayed on the squad. He would have had that World Cup. He he retired, but I think they told him, hey, just, you know, mm-hmm. wait it out. And he's like, nah, I'm out. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. But, uh, but yeah, you know, people are trying to cancel Tuca now. <laughs> <laughs> he don't care, dude. He, he doesn't care, man. Gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> that dude has money. He has like the the Uncle Scrooge coin vault. <laughs> just go take a swing and gold coins. Uh... He, he is, he's pretty loaded, man. He made a lot of money working at Tigres, which is what I was saying. That could be Piojo in a couple of years if he's, you know, if it all goes well in ten years, man. Piojo living in a castle in somewhere in wherever he wants in Mex, man. Yeah. If if you get the right jobs, do you? It, these guys make a lot of money. I, I forgot they were. It was like a meme. I think did you post it with um? What was the the chosen one? Um. I have no idea. You you know who the chosen one is. You were the Mourinho. Jose Mourinho. Oh, the special one. Talking about like you. Oh yeah, it's a chosen. I'm thinking Matrix. Uh, the special <laughs> one where he was saying how like he get 14 million or something for like to get sacked. Uh huh. That wasn't. He didn't post that. I don't think so. I I know that uh, uh Coleman recently like they're trying to negotiate with yeah. him. Yeah, and that was similar because he got sacked from a few teams. You know, it just hasn't gone as good, you know, for Mourinho as it did when he was at at Inter and Chelsea, and Real Madrid, and Chelsea, and yeah. it just kind of hasn't been the same. But he, man, he's he's collected quite a few paychecks. I know he's just been getting cashed out for these contracts. <laughs> What does he do with all that money? He just just stacks of bills under his bed. (laughs) Oh man, yeah. Did did you see? Did you see that? What was that show? Breaking Bad. Uh huh. Of course. It's almost like I think in the last season when uh, that dude has like like stacks of money in a in like in a garage in the storage facility. Yeah. This fat dude. Sleeps on top of yeah, it. Yeah, the, the security guard. <laughs> that that yeah. would be me. The security I'm guard's like, I'm going to lay on it. And then the, the other security guard was actually Bill Burr. And he's kind of like, come on, oh, man. man. Yeah, he's like, come on, man. Don't do that. And they both kind of like lay on it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, when, when, are, when are you ever getting that chance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that would be me. That's Tuka, though, man. That is... That is Tuca, man. He collected quite a bounty at Tigres, and he doesn't even have to work. But uh, his his employer is not gonna cancel him. We talked about who hired him to take him to uh, to the horse team. Unfortunately, though, you know the the culture is changing, and you know FIFA's already punished Mexico for the next two home games, uh, closed doors. And uh, you know they're trying to they're trying to change the culture, but I mean, can you they'll, really? They'll, they'll probably make something up and say, "Ah, we we find them this much," and it's yeah. just just for the media. <laughs> you know, there was uh, you know at the presentation of Xavi because he's now the coach of Barcelona. There, the fans started, you know, chanting the same word that Mexico got punished for. Uh, 
and uh, you know. But they were saying it to PSG, to right? To PSG, yeah. So what is that? Because Messi? I think so. Because I think, I think when Messi was presented to PSG, the fans were saying that to Barcelona. I don't oh, know. okay, okay. So it's like their that, their that response. Sense. That but, makes sense because I don't think they would attack Messi. So I guess they were just attacking the fans then. But yeah, I thought it was funny that you know because I saw this on Reddit and like the first comment was like, "Oh, FIFA's about to find Mexico for that." <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. Like just you know, yeah. anytime something like that happens, it's like they're gonna they're gonna punish us. Um, but yeah, as far as these, the, the final standings. So we had America again, uh, they ended in first place and nobody wants to talk about this, but Atlas, man, they ended in second position with 29 points. What kind of weird twilight zone timeline are we living in, man? Nah, we were expecting it. Jaime Grupo Legi came in. We knew they were going to start doing things right, little by little. Our little brother is now taller than us, well, at least right now. We'll see how it goes for them. Yeah, no, I, I think they're, if they if if they continue on that track, you know, um, I do think they they will become successful, you know, and I do think it could it could come at the cost of Santos because I do think Orlegi would shift their focus on them because bigger venue, bigger everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Santos is is for the success they've had. They continue to be uh, equipo chico and and. A chico in the sense of like you know uh, the venue they're at and they just like fan base they they like a lot of things which I think Atlas already has but I mean I don't think they will go all in unless they owned like a majority of the team which when I think they do right Tevastek only owns like what you you were reading the numbers last time I think Tevastek only owns like what ten percent or something uh, I forget yeah. Yeah, if they're if they're majority owners, I, I do think they'll put all their chips on the on the on the Atlas, and then Santos will be like their feeder team. Because this dude, and if you've seen Orlegi, like the, when he had an interview, uh, his main thing is is to I think to have an EPL team. I think that's his goal. Jeez, I know he wants to like own a European team, but he, he talked about owning a team in the EPL. Good luck. <laughs> I mean, it's possible, you know? It's a lot of money, man. Yeah, yeah, it's more money. But I mean, I think at this point he would just bring investors. Uh-huh. But I mean, if if he could show that, what he did with Santos, and then if he could do that with Atlas... So then, you know, I, I, you, it kind of shows that he's doing something right. Yeah, Grupo Legi is doing a great job. Atlas ended up in second place, Leon in third, and Tigres 
in fourth. So these top four teams will have a first round bye. They will await their opponents from Repechaje. And, uh, I mean, looking at these matchups, you have Santos versus Atlético San Luis. I expect Santos to win that one. Um, you know, Pumas against Toluca. I think Toluca is in better form. They also have one of the top assist um, players right now with uh, Sam Buesa. He's been doing a great job. And uh, I think Chivas can upset Puebla. And uh, Cruz Azul Monterrey, that's basically a coin flip. I, I really don't know who can win that match, but... Okay, I, here it is. It, it's on the sun. I'm sorry, behind me. Oh, you I found it. To, I needed to look this up. Uh, Mexican Mogul outlines plan to buy Premier League club in Man City style international group. This is from May 11th, 2021. And it's in the sun. But I, I know I've read it somewhere else. Like an older, mm. an older one. Uh, but he he talks about um, you know this is his his goal and he wants to he wants to do that uh, he told like the, okay right here says he told Sky Sports we're looking to the Spanish league yes constantly we're looking to Premier League yes constantly so he wants you know he wants to be in Europe uh, he says there's a lot of good examples of multi-team ownership. Uh, but I don't see we have seen anything in terms of what they could be reaching in terms of sports synergy yet. He says, what Man City did 10 years ago is impossible to replicate today. That boat has sailed. Mm. So he's talking about a multi-team structure. That's interesting. And he was previously linked with the takeover of Newcastle. Newcastle got bought out by some oil money. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's I do that's why um and I just mentioned this because I do feel that if they own the majority of Atlas that they will switch their focus to Atlas and Santos will become the the redheaded child. Uh and then even Atlas would eventually he would eventually like sort of abandon them <laughs> if he if he lands in La Liga or the EPL, um, he would probably just. This is a great there. article, man. Sky Sports. Yeah, there you go. It's and then uh, how did can you tell uh, the listeners how you found it, Jaime? Because I do recommend that. That's I just good, typed in uh, Orlegi EPL, and it was the first result on Google. And there you go. It is. It's a good read. Uh, it's. It's. You know, not boring. Uh, you know, some sometimes it's. It's boring, and you get very little scraps. Uh, we do that for you here at the cantina. <laughs> He started he started trading commodities in the 1990s metals fertilizers. So if you're listening out there just, you know, trade Shiba coin and who knows, you might 
You might end up owning a soccer team, you know? Hey, you never know. I was hoping that, uh, you know, the amount of money that Canelo is making, he would just do everybody a favor and buy Chivas, knock out a Maori and and then buy Chivas from him. (laughs) But then would hand it over to his cuñado who's just going to wait. Listen to fans on Twitter. <laughs> Turn Chivas into a circus again. Mm. Uh, no, I, I do think Chivas needs needs something more similar to what like Grupo Orlegi is doing. Uh, but it's easier, even like Grupo Pachuca, because these are like the new the new type of management they came in, uh, as as opposed to like the old school, the old school uh, owners which I think Vergara was probably the last one that came in and a bit, with all due respect, a bit clownish, you know, it was like, they're just, they felt they knew what's up and and then they just make decisions on a whim. Uh, this guy seems to hire the right people, you know, for the job. Yeah. And, you know, he's not, he's not trying to do it all himself. And so I do think like Grupo Pachuca, Grupo Legi came in they they've done a good job and they their teams became successful, uh, you know. And and not with the, the big budget either. Owner, exactly, and well, you had like the old owner who was Curi Curi was the Veracruz guy, you know. Money launderer. <laughs> yeah, these 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 uh, you know, club de cuervo type owners, and so there's probably a few kind of there, but. Um, I do think uh, that's where Chivas needs to be. They need they need to have something more more in mm-hmm. line with that, which is it, I don't know if it's gonna ever be possible. In other news, Paulo Pesolano has been fired from Pachuca after their failure to qualify, and uh, he's gone. So they will have to replace him with a different coach. They said that they're uh, they're grateful for his professionalism with the institution and uh, that was reflected in the two ligas that they participated in including a semifinal and the con, con uh, consolidation of players like Eric Sanchez, Luis Chavez, Kevin Alvarez, Brian Gonzalez, Roberto de la Rosa. And the debut of 12 Canteranos. So, man, oh, well, there you go. He did that in a year. <laughs> so, well, I mean, he didn't do it, he didn't do it himself. That's yeah. that's the other thing where Grupo, Pach- Grupo Pachuca, you know, same with Grupo Orlegi, they already have stuff mapped out. That's why that, that team they could change coaches and it doesn't affect them to the extent it affects Chivas. I mean, Chivas had to have, you know, they brought in Boy, they brought Tena, they brought, they brought a whole bunch, and it's it's almost like starting all over again. That's why I've always um, advocated to have someone like Pelias because then they're the ones with the blueprint, you know. Mm-hmm. And then so if you switch coaches, and then it's sort of like it doesn't matter that much because this guy's overseeing the whole project. The coach is just in charge of the first team, but but like the the general manager or you know they change the name sometimes. Yeah. 
almost the same role, sporting president or whatever. Those guys, you know, they're making sure that these players are going to get debuted or or whatnot. Um, and that's why, f- for me, it was, like, disappointing to see what happened with the whole Wusa stuff because at that point you could tell that he didn't have complete say on on the team now. So it's like, how much how much of control are you, you know? And so it's like, is it more of the same now? Sort of like back in the days when Vergara brought in, uh, oh, dude, what was that dude, Toluca guy? Uh, no, le, what was his name? Le, le, uh, Lebrija. Lebrija, yeah. Lebrija, yes. And then this dude left because he's like, Vergara didn't even tell me that. They were doing like deals behind his back. Chicharo. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, I would have made Chicharo stay. Like, I would have, you know, I would have agreed, but we would have said, at least let's have him for the Libertadores final, you know, let him finish uh, this stuff. Um, but yeah, and, and sort of like that, where it's like limited capacity. So, that's that's what's disappointing. Um, so let's let's see what happens. We'll see what happens. As far as Thursday um, or Friday, sorry, I keep the the match against USA. Uh, what are your predictions for that? Do you think Mexico will finally uh, yeah. third third times the charm, or do you think it'll be like another another draw? I'm hoping, um, you know, it, I think you were saying earlier how tickets are going for 500. Yeah. And I do think it shows, it shows like the rivalry and, and even like how much the fans uh, would be butthurt if Mex were to lose. <laughs> you know, I think there's still a lot of denial from Mex fans about this being a rivalry. But it's it's been a rivalry since like day one. Not... Not just because of, of uh, not just the field, you know, rivalries always have outside of the field, you know, what, what's going on that of course. affects them. Same when you look into why Real Madrid, Barcelona, you know, and you could tie stuff from the Spanish Civil War and whatnot. Um, you know, they were sort of more tied with the resistance. And then you had like the teams that were from favored by like Franco and and you know how they would appoint like the Real title you know mm-hmm. sort of like the Royal Barcelona doesn't have it their neighbors do though uh the Espanol wait is it Real who RCE I don't know anything that says Real that's sort of like seal of approval from the royalty and Barcelona doesn't have it. They don't seem to, they, they don't give a shit because mm-hmm. they've always been a bit of a, you know, and so you see things like that that play into it eventually. And so that that's always been there for US Mex. Uh, so I do think, I do think it's going to be heated just because how often they've been, it's going to be heated right now just because how often they, they've played each other in a short amount of time, you know. Uh, it will be the third, like you said, it will be like their third encounter. And could be the charm. It could be the charm for Tata. I mean, and I think you could say Mex is eh, sort of obligated to win just because they they've they lost the two cups. Yeah. But I mean, 
I mean, I don't think they, I think there'll be a mistake if they play like that. We'll see what happens. Like if they put the pressure on themselves, I don't think so. They're, comfor- they're, they're comfortably at the top. You know, their road to the World Cup is pretty much paved. They, they could go on cruise control. And I would, you know, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to like hurt, hurt, hurt the proceso by, by just slipping over there. And where is it? Cincinnati. Yeah, because Mex is is two two away games, right? Back to back away games. Yep. Yeah, they have to play uh, Canada. Canada. Yep. Yes, and that's gonna be that could probably be the more interesting game because they could possibly get there undefeated, mm-hmm. and they and would it'll be a clash a clash between the two undefeated teams. And if you're Canada, Mex is the team you you're gunning for, you know, because Mex right now they're the they're the gold standard. Even even if they didn't win those cups, mm-hmm. they're still the team to beat in the region. Yeah. And uh, so if you want to see like just how you measure up, that's that's the team, man. And if they're playing in Canada. Yeah, oh man, these yeah. dudes are gonna they're gonna go ham on Mex, <laughs> and so. Uh, <laughs> you you just you know you because you want to see where your team is at you know yeah it's it's like when Mex started playing Brazil mm-hmm. there it's like you know it's like a juicy steak it's the how often you get to to go up against this team mm-hmm. and, and uh, so Mex will go always go hard on Brazil and they started getting results and that's that's gonna be it for Canada I think that's that's gonna be their big game that's gonna show like how far they've gotten, you know, I think if they can, mm. you know, are, are they going to, especially playing the home at home. So we'll see. We'll see. I think that has a possibility, man, because I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a scoreless draw or like another empate between U.S. Max. And then they go to Canada and Canada is just going to be like swinging, man. Well, yeah, I mean. My prediction for Friday is it'll be a draw. Unfortunately, I just I just see that happening. Uh, you know, USA they play a very specific way against Mexico. They're not going to give anything away, and you know they don't necessarily have to win that match. So it's one of those yeah, things. And neither, and neither does Mexico, and then, yeah. especially with two away games back to back. You you if you could take the point, you're going to take it. Yeah. I do. I would say that would be very satisfying to get that victory on the road uh, against USA. Uh, what I can tell you is the last World Cup qualifying match uh, was in 2016, uh, exactly the same day, November 12th, and uh, USA actually lost to Mexico 2-1 that game. So who knows? Who knows what will happen uh, five years later? But. Um, as far as Canada, not the best record against Mexico. They've only ever won three matches. The last time they beat Mexico, you probably know the answer, Joel. Yes, a gold cup. Gold cup, year 2000. <laughs> 20 years, 21 years ago, man. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that one of three ever enough. that they've ever beaten Mexico. So That victory is old enough to... Buy a pack of smoke and boat. <laughs> and <laughs> go to the bar. 
Damn. Yeah. But, you know, things are changing. Canada's got a few players that, you know, are in the Champions League now. And uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I could see Mexico, again, drawing against USA. And I, I well, they drew. I mean, Canada kept them at a draw uh, in El Azteca. So I don't know, man. I, 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 I unfortunately see this these being two draws. Yeah, but I think um, stay undefeated. You know, excitement level, I, I do think that that could be the better game. Canada Max, I do think, I do think, especially if Canada wins their game before that, I do think they're gonna. Yeah, they play Costa Rica. I do think they're gonna go out swinging. I mean, I would do it if I was coach. Mm. You know, I, I would go up against, I would want to do that in a game that matters because how many opportunities are you going to get to test your side mm-hmm. against a big team in a game that matters? You know, you want to see what some of these dudes are made of. And just because what it could mean psychologically, if they do get that win. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That'd be a huge, It'll huge victory. This, yeah, and so I do think uh, I do think that would be important for them. It's worth a try, you know. We'll see how it happens. Uh, Mexico plays USA Friday, and then they will play against Canada, I believe, on Tuesday. So two matches that you don't want to miss out on, starting November twelfth, six p.m., and then Tuesday at 6 p.m. So, unfortunately, there will be no club soccer. We all are watching international break. And uh... There's usually a molero somewhere, Jaime. <laughs> just, just for those that like that. Like that. Yeah, actually, some... I haven't heard anything from Chivas. I don't know where they're going or where they're going to be playing, but... They'll, they'll play fast again. <laughs> they don't, I think at this point, they shouldn't let Mex teams... Back in the U.S., <laughs> with all the violence that the previous yeah, games, I agree. Just, just veto them for a year or two. Also, to you teach, know, you don't want to like lose players. Uh, lesson. You don't want to lose lose players going into a, a playoff <laughs> elimination match. So that's true. Yeah, that's why they. they that's why you know Molero and you play the the reserves and the, yeah. the youth. You play Oribe Peralta. <laughs> Oh, dear. oh man so yeah i mean that's episode 309 of cantina mx football podcast do you have any closing thoughts before we wrap it up oh man i just gave it i'm i'm expecting max canada to be something else uh i do think but those could those two games could be very good but if canada could, could put a, a good match and that's a good thing you know because Mex needs that type of competition. They they kind of lack it. I agree. And so they could be if they could have, uh, you know, Canada be that team that's gonna be challenging, because you, you know, we would have thought maybe Costa Rica was that, but they're pretty wishy washy, and so uh, Canada's just been waiting on the sidelines, and I I think they could. 
they could become that team. You know, they're already going to beat the rest of the region, not Max US, by hosting the World Cup. <laughs> you know, so I mean, and and they're already the only team outside of Max uh, and US to win a Gold Cup, at least a modern Gold Cup. Yeah. So I think they're they're positioning themselves to be one of the one of the grandes. You know, I say quotations, but. I, I do think because the country, the infrastructure and whatnot, that if they kept doing things right, that they could, um, because they've been trying for a long time. It's not, you know, um, but just different things that has gotten in the way. Um, but I do think uh, in recent years, more than any other time is when they've, they've finally like figured it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's and like... then their demographics change where they had a lot of like, you know, foreigners come into their country that are like soccer crazy, as opposed to they were always like hockey. It was just hockey. Yeah, hockey and maple syrup. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, these are the big three. They're going to be hosting the co-hosting the World Cup in in five years. Or yeah, five years, twenty twenty six. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I want to thank everybody for their ongoing support. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Cantina MX handle. Uh, we upload memes. Uh, we uploaded one today about uh, Leano getting his his uh, <laughs> permanently joining Chivas, and everybody just you know face palming pretty bad. But um, that's just the way it goes right now. Anyways, hope everyone has a great night. Make sure to watch the USA-Mexico match on Friday. We'll definitely be back next week to recap uh, both matches and then give our predictions for Repechaje, of course. Uh, But everyone, take care.